0: Have you ever found yourself in the midst of a trial and had to acknowledge that it was the direct result of sin? Listen in today as Pastor Draper shares the biblical perspective on sin and the results it can bring in this message entitled, The Devastating Consequences of Sin. Uh, We're we're engaging. We've been in 1 John. We've been tracking through 1 John toward the end of the Bible. And uh, we're headed toward uh, chapter five, but we're not doing First John today. I'm going to do take a little break from First John just momentarily, and uh, we're going to do a two-part message on sin. And so, and uh, it, this message is so critical in nature. Satan has been messing with me. The fiery darts have been coming from the left, right, front, and back. He he does not want this message preached because he hates the word of God, and he hates. To see the children of God get right in right, right relationship with him. In Psalms 38 verses 1 through 4 and verses 18 through 22. some turn to the 38th number of the Psalms. Verses 1 through 4 and then we'll skip down to verses 18 through 22. And there you'll find these words. "O oh Lord, don't rebuke me in your anger or discipline me in your rage. Your arrow has struck deep and your blows are crushing me because of your anger. My whole body is sick. My health is broken because of my sins. My look at the mind, the mind, not everybody else's. My guilt overwhelms me. It is a burden too heavy to bear. But I confess my sins. I am deep. Sorry for what I have done. I have many aggressive enemies. They hate me without a reason. They repay me evil for good and oppose me for pursuing good. Do not abandon me, O oh Lord. Do not stand at a distance, my God. Come quickly, help me, O oh Lord, my. Savior, From this passage of scripture, we want to preach the devastating consequences of sin, the devastating consequences of sin. This is one of the penitential Psalms where David cries out to God and confesses his sin in deep remorse and contrition. This particular psalm is full of grief. It is full of lament from beginning to end because of David's sins. Now, exactly which specific sin is not mentioned in Psalms 38. It may have involved his adulterous relationship with Bathsheba. My friend, God has a marvelous plan for your life personally, for your children. As well as for the life of this church, however sin, it will keep us from reaching our God given potential. We cannot truly be a living sacrifice for our Lord unless we honestly deal with the issue of sin in our lives. For God is not impressed with our personal achievements. God is not the least been impressed with our academic credentials. As a matter of fact, Paul calls it nothing but dung. God is not concerned about human wisdom. He is not concerned about good deeds, your financial investment, your popularity, your career, your social status, or even military rank. Neither is our Lord impressed with the number of members in this church The number of ministries in this church and the programming of this church. He is not the least bit concerned about the financial giving of our tithes and offerings or even our praise and worship. And we did have a wonderful time in praise and worship, didn't we? But he's not the least bit concerned about none of these things. If we allow sin to go unrestrained in our personal lives. As well as in the life of his church. If you got sin rampant in your life. Rampant through this church. Everyone is doing what is right in his own eye. God is saying stop shouting. Stop saying amen. Don't stop praise dancing. Get off the keyboard. Get off the camera. And get on your knees. Whatever happened to the word sin. Matter of fact say sin. Sin. Some of y'all coughing trying to say it. (laughs) Whatever happened to the word sin? Sin is a rare word today. The world and many saints have covered the word up with modern day non-offensive terms. We've watered the terminology down. For example, adultery is now called an affair. Homosexuals are called gay, are living the alternative lifestyle. Not wanting to identify as a boy or girl is called being non-binary or gender fluid. Fornication is now called promiscuity. Now, isn't that cute? Living together outside of marriage is called cohabitation. And prostitutes are called escorts. Escorts. Abortion is called pro choice. Some use of drugs that were illegal are now referred to as recreational drugs. Gambling is called lottery. Witchcraft is called psychics and critical race theory is replacing biblical principles such as love your neighbor and that all are created in God's image. Just to name a few. Sin has been watered down, down, down to the point that it has been modernized. Sin has been rationalized and sin has been glamorized. As a matter of fact, sin is in. If it feels good, baby, go ahead on and do it. You only got one life to live. Have fun. You may as well, because this is your heaven on earth. This is because where you going is hell eternal. We live in a day where it is fashionable to sin. My friends, sin. Drives a wedge, a tremendous wedge between you and God. It devastates the family. Sin creates division in every aspect of society. As a matter of fact, sin is so dangerous, deadly and disastrous that Jesus came to make salvation available by dying on the cross, bearing us the sins of all humanity to save us from the power of sin, to save us from the penalty of sin. And we celebrate the resurrection of Jesus Christ over Satan, sin, death, the flesh, the world. Matthew 121 says, and she will bring forth a son and you shall call his name Jesus for he will save his people from their sins. The Bible calls sin, sin. Didn't call it a mistake. Then call it a slip. It's sin. So we're dealing with sin. Well, what is sin? What is sin? Let me give you a series of definitions, little short definitions so that you can grasp the concept of sin. Sin in the Greek is homotia. It's homotia. It is the missing the mark. It is missing the mark and falling short of the glory of God. Romans 3, 23 says, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. What is sin? Sin is lawlessness and a violation of the law of God. When the word of God says one thing, but you do what is right in your own eye, you have sinned against the law of God the word of God. See what sin is. It is a complete disregard for God's di- uh, divine law. Just ignore the word. Just suppress it. Just, just exalt your will over the word. It is a complete disregard of God's divine law. Uh, First, John three, four says, whoever commits sin also commits lawlessness and sin is lawlessness. And we are indeed in a lawless society. Can't you see the crime rate sweeping all over the country Little children are being abused. The elderly are being knocked down and knocked out. Folk are nothing. Our people can do whatever they want and go eat pork chops and sleep soundly. First John 517 a says all unrighteousness is sin. I'm giving you biblical definitions. All unrighteousness is sin. Now, when did sin enter the world? We say, what is it? When did it enter the world? Sin entered the world through Adam when he rebelled against God's divine instructions not to eat of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. See, where is that in Genesis chapter two, verses 16 and 17 in Genesis two, 16 and 17 is God's commandment and warning God's commandment and warning. In Genesis two, 16 and 17, it says And the Lord God commanded the man saying of every tree of the garden, you may freely eat, but of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, you shall not eat for in the day that you eat of it. You shall surely die in Genesis chapter three, verses one through six. It says. You have Adam and Eve's rebellion in Genesis three, one through six is Adam and Eve's rebellion. Genesis one through three, one through six says, now the serpent was more cunning than any beast of the field, which the Lord God had made. And he said to the woman, has God indeed said putting doubt in Eve's mind? And that's what Satan wants you to do. Doubt the validity and the trustworthiness of the word of God. He said, look, he's he's just lying and deceiving her. Look, you shall not eat of every tree of the garden. And the woman said to the serpent, we may eat of the fruit of the trees of the garden, but the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden, God has said, you shall not eat of it, nor shall you touch it lest you die. Then the serpent said to the woman, you will not surely die. God didn't mean that. You misunderstood God. Verse five, for God knows that in the day you eat of it, your eyes will be opened, and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. Verse six. So when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, watch what you put your eyes on, people. You fall into sin because you want you put your eyes on stuff that shouldn't be on that it was pleasant to the eyes and the tree desirable to make one wise she took of its fruit and ate she also gave to her husband and he ate in genesis chapter 3 16 through 19 this is the consequences of adam and eve's rebellion in genesis 3 16 through 19 is the consequences of adam and eve's rebellion It says in verse 16 to the woman, he said, I will greatly multiply your sorrow and and your conception in pain. You shall bring forth children. Your desire shall be for your husband and he shall rule over you. Then to Adam, he said, because you have heeded the voice of your wife and have eaten from the tree of which I commanded you, saying you shall not eat of it. Cursed is the ground for your sake. In toil you shall eat of it all the days of your life, both thorns and thistles. This is where those stickers come from. They stick you in stickers on thorns and ro- stickers on roses and all these things. Both thorns and thistles it shall bring forth for you, and you shall eat the herb of the field. In the sweat of your face you shall eat bread till you return to the ground, for out of it you were taken. For dust you are, Adam. And dust you shall return. I submit to you today. We are dust. I'm not dust. Just take a bath and look at that ring in the tub. (laughs) It's a sure sign that you're dust. And one day you will go back to dust. Let's transition. Who has sinned? Who has sinned? The Bible says that we all have sinned. You say, can you? Help me with that? Well, I'll help you with the scripture. Romans 3:10 says, There is none righteous. No, not one. If you case you're the one. Thank you, the one. There's there's none righteous. No, not one. Uh, Romans 3.23 says for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Romans 5.12 says, therefore, just as through one man sin entered the world and death through sin, thus death spread to all men because all sin. We all inherited Adam and Eve, old Adamic nature. We all are descendants of Adam and Eve. Eve not Adam and Steve. We all descended. So so we ought not be caught up in colors in the eyes and and all this kind of stuff, judging folk because of or whatever race they are, we all fearfully and wonderfully made. We all came from Adam. We all have the sin principle living within us. But thanks be to God who came in the fullness of time to save us from our sins. Wow. And, and, and then First uh, Corinthians fifteen twenty two also says, for, for as an Adam all died, we all died because when Adam died, the sin race died. The whole human race died. Let me say it like that. When Adam died, the whole human race died spiritually at that point. Even so, in Christ, we shall be made alive. He's the second Adam. So let's transition a little more. What makes sin so dangerous? The disastrous consequences of sin. What makes sin so dangerous? Well, Pastors and preachers and teachers and evangelists are doing the church a disservice if we avoid the issue of sin. It's not preached because sometimes pastors' lives are so sinful they can't preach it. Sometimes there's so much sin in the pulpit that they have to just, you know, preach little sermonets that make Christianets. Uh, 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 People don't preach on sin because there's so much sin in the pew. You got significant people, power, money people, and you don't want to offend them because they might stop giving their tithes and the budget may fall. I'd rather trust God to take care of this church than to (laughs) cater up to people because I think they may stop giving. If You don't think I'm going to tell you the truth. You're in trouble. You invite me to your house. I eat a big steak. You mess up, I'm going to tell you where you messed up and then burp afterwards. (laughs) What makes sin so dangerous? Number one, sin brings physical death. Sin brings physical death. Ezekiel 18, 28 says the soul who sins shall die. Don't tell me how many of you understood that. Don't tell me you don't understand the Bible. There it is right there. The soul who sins. We all souls. We're living souls. Romans 6.23 says for the wages of sin is death. Sin bring on physical death. Many have died. Multitudes have died because of sin. You can send yourself to death and many are by the multitudes. Your AIDS bring death. All Drunkenness brings death. Drugs bring death. And on and on. Craziness brings death. Driving with a heightened sense of stupidity brings death. (laughs) Y'all laughing because you've seen some fools on the road. Don't you honk at them either, because then that's your death. (laughs) Number two, what makes sin so dangerous? Sin brings spiritual death, which separates you from God. Sin brings spiritual death, which separates you from God. Isaiah 59, 2 says, but your iniquities, sins, have made a separation between you and your God, and your sins have hidden his face from you so that he does not hear. So spiritual death is separation from God for all eternity. Thirdly, those who habitually sin do not know Christ which damns their soul to eternal destruction. Those who habitually sin, they sin with ease. They come here with a Bible, and then people see them on television and on the internet. Matter of fact, you better show leave right, live right now, because people can see you virtually now. And they, if they see you clowning, acting a fool, and all over the place, they just say, oh, look who's at church. He's the biggest sinner. <laughs> She's the biggest sinner. Huh, I ain't going to that church. Straighten yourself up. You get a, you make us all look bad. Repent. Those who habitually sin do not know Christ which damn their souls to eternal destruction. Second Thessalonians 1.9 says they will suffer the penalty of eternal destruction, separated from the presence of the Lord and the glory of his might. Eternal separation from God is spiritual death. Number four, one who habitually sins is of the devil. Anybody who is sinning and living a life of habitual sin is of the devil. They're not of God. They're not psychotic. They're, they're of the devil. First, John three, eight, eight says he who sins is of the devil. There it is. He's a person just sinning, sinning could be a teenager, a dog. And you got some old sinners out there too. all these sinners. All these sinners are not twenty three and twenty four. You got some seven and eighty just kicking in one foot out the grave, one foot in. And they just slipping and sliding all over the place. Old devils, old devils, the older they get, the worse they act. First, John a says he who sins is of the devil. Number five, well, sin will keep God from hearing you. Psalm 66, 18 says, if I regard iniquity in my heart, the Lord will not hear. If you got sin rampant in your life, undealt with, stop praying. The only prayer he will hear you pray is Lord have mercy on me. Lord, I'm a sinner. Lord, I plead the blood of Jesus Christ. I'm tired of myself and my ways. I bow my knee before you in humble contrition. And ask you to blot out my iniquities. Have mercy on me, oh God, like David. Then God will hear you pray. Number six, sin hardens the heart. Do you realize the more you sin, the harder your heart becomes? Hebrews 3, 8 says, do not harden your hearts as in the rebellion in the day of trial in the wilderness. Israel was a sinful people. God provided for them supernaturally, gave them, helped them cross the Red Sea, manna from heaven, pillar of cloud by day and fire by night and all these wonderful things, fought battles for them. And they kept sinning against God so much so he had to send snakes to vipers to bite them. And so much so he, they wandered. They had to wander in the wilderness for, for 40 years because of a hardness of the heart. When you start saying no to God and dismissing what God has said, trouble awaits you. Israel wandered in the wilderness for 40 years because of a rebellious heart. You mess with God and God will trouble your life till you close your eyes. There will be an unrelenting movement of calamity after calamity after calamity. As in the case of Israel, don't harden your heart. Number seven, those who love and take pleasure in sin without remorse and repentance will not inherit the kingdom of God. Those who love and take pleasure in sin without remorse and repentance will not inherit the kingdom of God. Here's a great scripture on that. First Corinthians chapter six, verses nine through 10. First Corinthians six, nine through 10. It says, do you not know that the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God? Do not be deceived. That's all through scripture. Do not be deceived. Do not be deceived. Neither fornicators, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor homosexuals, nor sodomites, nor thieves, nor covetous, nor drunkards, nor revilers, nor extortioners will inherit the kingdom of God. Listen, you can't get any clearer than that. Will not inherit the kingdom of God. In other words, the verse saying: if they live this kind of way, and don't repent and turn from their sins, they are not going to heaven. They are candidates for hell's fire. It breaks my heart. What do we do with sin? If sin is that disastrous, what do we do with sin? Three things we need to do. Number one, we must recognize sin. Some folks sin and don't even recognize they sinned because it's commonplace in their life. Psalms 51.3 says, for I acknowledge my transgression and my sin is always before me. When you recognize you acknowledge your sin of mouth, sin of the eyes, sin of bad thinking and so forth. You acknowledge it. You recognize it. And when you recognize it, you deal with it. Number two, uh, we must personalize it or oh, this message, Oh, this message today. I sure wish Shirley and Sue and Bob and Joe was here. They missed that message. No, you here. You need to personalize this message straight to you. God ordered your presence here today. Psalms 51.4 says against you, you only have I sinned and done this evil in your sight that you may be found just when you speak and blameless when you judge. You have to personalize it. He said against you, you only have I sinned. Lord, if somebody said, well, if it wasn't for this, if she she hadn't done that, if he hadn't done that, if I if I hadn't grew up in a single parent home, if I wasn't in the ghetto, I I wouldn't. Now, stop all that. Just a bit. I have sinned against God. And I humble myself and I confess it's me. I'm not pointing my finger at anybody else. Lord, it's me. It's me. I'm the issue. If you enjoy this kind of biblical teaching or would like to hear this message in its entirety, please visit www.maranathasa.org, where you will find an archive of audio messages, service times, directions to the church, upcoming events, and much more. You can also reach us at 210-821-5683.